Hello and welcome. My guest today is Ryan Ng. Ryan is the creator of an incredible YouTube channel that he describes as the anti-Colin and Samir. And you'll have to listen to the episode in full to figure out exactly why he says that. His videos are pieces of art. Like they're actually more like movies than they are YouTube videos, even though they're posted on YouTube. And in this conversation, we spoke about why he felt like he was an invisible Asian kid for so long, how he's used affirmations to transform himself, why he started a little thing called Creator Camp, where he's bringing together 70 of the world's most interesting creators, musicians, podcasters, and I'll be attending that. I'm very excited to attend that in the world's largest log cabin. But we spoke about why he started that, and we spoke about much more. This podcast is sponsored by potentially you. Nobody's actually sponsoring this episode, but I would love to take on sponsors for the show to reach creators, entrepreneurs, and the people building tomorrow's future. I personally think the audience of people who listens to this is amongst the smartest and the most interesting and insightful people out there. So if you're listening to this, one, thank you tremendously. And two, let me know if you know anybody who can help sponsor this show. And my final ask to you is to share this show. When I see comments of quotes from different people on social media, whether that's Instagram or Twitter or YouTube, it makes me so excited. It makes me feel like, oh, that that moment hit with somebody. And when that happens, I just light up and I retweet as much of it as I can. I share them on Instagram, share your quotes that you share of the episode because it makes me so excited that it's resonating with people at a deep level. So if you are someone like that, share it to your Instagram story or Twitter, or if you don't wanna share it publicly, share it to a friend, text it to a friend, put it in a, send it to a DM this episode with some part of it that you think someone will enjoy. So share the show, that's my one ask from you. And now let's get into the episode with Ryan. Ryan, thank you for coming on the podcast. Honored and humbled for you to be here. Really grateful to have gotten to know you virtually and at some events. And now I'm excited to get to know you deeper in person. Dude, thank you for having me. I hear so much about you. I love to hear that. Hopefully all good things. No, it is. It is. Let's start with Roslyn, New York. Yeah. I was, I grew up in Port Washington, mm-hmm. down the street from you. Yeah. The town next over. Wild. And and now we've come to Austin and gone full circle. I mean, I don't know, like, what do you, what do you think about growing up in Long Island? It definitely shaped me. Yeah. I'm, but I'm curious how growing up in Roslyn specifically shaped you. Honestly, I don't know if I had like the best time in Roslyn. It's like such a... It's such a, um, how do I say it? It's like so white picket fence, like formulaic. People go to Roslyn to go to college and then they move out and, or they, they go into the private, like, you know, gated areas of, of the suburbs of New York. So I don't know. It, it shaped me in that, like, I think that growing up as an artist, I really started to like understand how, like, I did not belong here. I actually thought like it was pretty damn like i thought it was like pretty traumatizing being there as as an artist and growing up not really um 
succeeding in the STEM areas and stuff like that. I don't know if your school was like that, though. To give people context for what it was actually like, like it when you think of the American dream, yeah, where we grew up is how I think of life. And yeah. the interesting thing about this is that both me and you are not people you can really put into a system and yeah, have yeah. that system spit out something. But if you are somebody who's like going to be a lawyer or a doctor or you agree with the system that we were raised in, you're going to you're going to thrive in that environment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so like what is that like as an artist? You said it's traumatizing. Yeah, I mean like it's just like you don't get I didn't I think I was so lucky that it was I was born in an age of like the internet and I discovered YouTube because I don't think I think if it wasn't for that and for like watching Nigahiga growing up and all that stuff, I maybe wouldn't have discovered that. And I kind of would have thought that I was just like, not a, man, I don't want to say that, but like almost like not worth as much as those people that get into honor society or like that get valedictorian and stuff like that. And uh, it took a long time for me to kind of work out of that and meeting like all these guys in the live audience over there. Um, and, uh, like meeting all the creator camp guys, um, to really feel like I, I have value to give in this world. Dude, for the longest time since like 11th grade, I think up until 11th grade, 12th grade, I thought I was just going to go to like a regular city college, get a business degree, get a five figure job and work my way up to a six figure job, maybe have a family. And that was it. I thought that was what my life was supposed to be. Um, until, you know, I really started leaning into YouTube and filmmaking. And then at what point do you realize like, oh, I'm different? Not in like the best way. It's just like, oh, I, I'm not as good as these guys. I, I felt like I really early on, like maybe elementary school, middle school, I'm like, I, I can't get the grades that these guys are getting. Like my parents are sending me to like summer camp or like summer schools. I have to go to SAT prep because I just can't get the grades that some of these guys are getting. In that sense, like really early on, I felt like I was different. Um, but in terms of like, oh, like filmmaking is my thing. It wasn't until senior year. Of high school. Of high school. Yeah. Yeah. And you, re how do you come upon that realization? I had taken a TV studio class. The, here's the thing. Like in in like i don't know if it, it is for your your high school too but like stem is so valued and when you decide to take an art class it's like either for the outcasts for the for the for the quote-unquote weird people or like for the people that just like don't give a fuck about school so you just take an easy class like art um and i re just remembered like 12th grade being super fed up taking these like AP classes for do I need to explain what AP classes are no I, AP classes for the international audience are the classes in which you they're more advanced yeah yeah I just got sick of like taking these classes I'm like fuck it I'm I'm uh I'm gonna try to take uh a TV studio class and it was a big step for me because I tried to conform for such a long time and this was my first time kind of stepping out of my comfort zone. And it was like my TV studio teacher that kind of changed everything for me. And the, the funniest story is like, I had such an, 
I was like, I, I need to be the filmmaker of this school. I need like an identity. And so since I went in like 12th grade, in my first semester of 12th grade, I had to start from square one and I really didn't want to start from square one, um, which was like TV studio 101. And in order to get into TV studio like two and three, you had to take TV studio one. And I remember going like, man, I make amazing YouTube videos already. Like, my mom's like, if you want to skip uh, a level, you should go to the TV studio teacher and tell the TV studio teacher that you're good enough to to level up, to to um, get into TV studio two. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Uh, I went in, and this guy, this guy is like not the normal teacher. He's built like a he's built like a motorcycle. He's jacked. He's jacked. He's got tattoos everywhere. He's got a ponytail that like goes down to his butt and it's like a whip because he's got it in like these hair ties and um i just remember going up to him and he and he's like oh you're the guy that wants to skip he's like you're the fucking guy that wants to skip and i'm like yeah i think i'm good enough and he's like you don't know shit and he starts lashing out at me in front of a whole class he's like this guy thinks he can he he's a better filmmaker than everyone do you know how to use this camera i was like i don't know how to use this camera and he's like do you know He's like, you you don't fucking understand. You have to start here. And I remember like almost pissing my pants. And that was my first, that was like my first encounter in TV studio. I don't know why I kept going, but I took the one-on-one class and the first assignment I made a film. And that's when he started opening up. He's like, damn, okay, you really are pretty good. Um, wait, 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 before we get to that. Yeah. Like, how did that make you feel? And did you use that as a chip on your shoulder or did you use that as like, how, how does that make you feel? Bro, I was confused. Honestly, I was, but also I, th- I don't know. I th- I guess like I had so much confidence in my ability to make YouTube videos, which was like the, it's like a weird thing. Cause I never felt like that with math or science or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. But like, I, re- I just remember like about, I was about to piss my pants. I was like, man, it, when I go to this class next semester, like he is going to remember me and I'm going to be his least favorite student right off the bat. Um, and I don't know, I, when I went in for the first time, it's like almost, he almost forgot about me. Uh, or like he didn't, he didn't acknowledge the fact that I had gone in and like asked to, uh, skip a class. And, uh, yeah, that's how my, filmmaking kind of career started that is insane it's insane because you there are so many different ways you could have potentially looked at that scenario and been like all right like this guy hates me i should never film again i should never do anything with filmmaking i shouldn't like i don't want to talk to this guy there's so many different places your mind could take that yeah i don't know i felt like usually i would have just been like fuck that guy fuck that guy I don't know why I went back and he he almost became like a father figure to me really by the end of senior year and uh man his name's Mr. Brogan so if he's ever like I need to send this to him because um he's seen me go from making like stupid vines like six second vines and thinking I was the shit to like getting a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube and stuff like that and uh yeah he he he's the guy that I think he was one of the first guys in Long Island I won't even say not not really even my dad or my mom because they knew I was I had this interest, but you know, being traditional Asian parents, they wanted me to 
do something a little bit more um, Long Island, like business and shit like that, you know? STEM. STEM, exactly. Um, so he was the first guy to be like, dude, you could be a film director. Like, you could make films. And uh, that that was everything. But, like, looking back on it, it's funny because this is the second time I'm telling this story in Austin. Um, and it's really making me think about him more and I'm feeling like I need to contact him. There are people along the journey that we don't often yeah. think about and that yeah. they've played such a critical role. Where did the... F- so... Your story is so fascinating because when I, I looked into it, you you have this feeling sometimes of insufficiency and, and this feeling like I'm not good enough. Yeah. And I, I want to break down like quotes from you on that topic, mm-hmm. but I but that story that you just told is that, the complete opposite. Yeah. It's the complete opposite, him empowering me to do that. But a lot of those insecurities came from Long, Long Island. It came, it also came from just traditional like asian parents but it for them it's like they care about me like they're it's just that they were really scared and um of me going into the arts and stuff like that but yeah a lot of that shit was from long island dude like high school it makes sense no i i get it because when you're doing something that's odd or or weird Mm -hmm. it is not supported in long island or at least where i was raised yeah yeah and that is so fascinating because who do we put on a pedestal in the quote unquote real world? The weird people, the people who yeah. are willing to follow their passions or pursuits or obsessions to a level that is unseen. Those are the people who were like, yeah, that's Kobe Bryant. That's amazing. Yeah. But Kobe Bryant practicing every day at, at all hours of the day is not something that's cool in high school. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not the best example because basketball is tra- traditionally seen as something cool. But if you take that to filmmaking or art or music, it's like, it's interesting how what we consider weird at one point is something that's cool at another. I have a question for you. Like, it, within your school now, do you, do you think like people in, in the high, your high school are like, Danny Miranda is doing some crazy shit right now? You know what's so fascinating is that throughout my entire life i've been able to navigate through the jocks and the nerds and all facets yeah everyone expected me to win everything every i had a blog and when i was 15 years old a knicks blog and i was meeting nba players and interviewing them and that's fucking sick and i I left doing that because i wanted to be a normal kid Uh i wanted to experience what college was like and parties and fraternity life and all this stuff but a part of me like was dying inside yeah. from all of that yeah so when people talk about i don't understand like why doesn't people why don't people get me like why don't they see what i'm doing like for me everyone always expected me to win and i feel ve- very blessed that that's, that's awesome yeah oh that's fucking sick yeah but i want to go to your insecurities mm-hmm. because you've been so open and vulnerable and honest with them yeah and one one quote you have here and this is we'll talk about colin and samir and, okay. And yeah, their for sure their role in your life. Yeah. But you you had an amazing video of the forty eight hours it took to meet them. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And you said at one point in the video, even a part of me didn't want to meet Colin and Samir because of how fearful I was that I was going to mess up. And I think a lot of that is not a reflection of the situation, but it's a reflection of for me, it projected a lot of my insecurities and fears of not being good enough not being deserving enough for the situation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that goes back to everything that we just talked about. Like, 
and also like yeah i don't know like yeah it just goes back to everything that we talked about of like i i was i really felt like like the invisible asian kid in in, in high school so like finally getting 100,000 subscribers and like getting all this weird attention and again like also within my YouTube career I had gone through I'd gone viral and then I went from making a million views 600,000 views okay 100,000 views what the fuck's going on 50,000 views and I was like okay this is like the story of my life like this is what has happened all throughout high school where I, I will just be invisible again. I got my little stint of like a million subscribers. And around this time was when I went from 50,000 views to 7,000 views a video. And I was just stuck at that number for such a long time. And I remember just feeling like, yeah, that's just who I am. I'm just like, I'm just this kind of loser that doesn't really deserve that stuff or like, that doesn't really deserve to to be a YouTuber and stuff like that. So I remember exactly around that time was feeling really insecure. I had spent $6,000, which was every all the money I had at the time from YouTube on this one project that just did not work at all. And from actually from that project, Colin and Samir watched it. It was the third, it got 30,000 views, I remember. And they watched it. And honestly, that video changed my life, even though it only got 30,000 views. But yeah yeah this is the way you're talking is with such an emphasis on the view count yeah yeah why is that the case it's just like growing up that's that's how you're valued you know you're valued with grades like you're valued um it's like grades or who got into what club like you know who's in the varsity team so a lot of my a lot of my attention was and i still struggle through that today and i've been trying to um dial back on that and a phrase that i've been using a lot to dial back on that is like you need to create fearlessly like as as i'm starting to like really find my mission on youtube and stuff like that um and like trying to build a resource for creators and people that don't feel like they're capable of doing that stuff like myself um create fearlessly has been a thing that like i've been like at least using in my own mind create fearlessly yeah it's like i had this conversation with uh with a friend yesterday and he was like i had i had this film that i wanted to make and this film like something happened like and covid happened and it's been two years since i talked about it i can't believe like I'm talking about this because it's such a vulnerable thing and I don't know if I should make it again because I don't know how it's going to be received. I'm going to, I'm afraid that I'm going to spend a hundred hours on this video and no one's going to care about it. And I guess the reasoning behind the create fearlessly is like, if you have something to say, if you have a podcast that you want to do, if you have a film that you want to make, like you, it doesn't matter if 10 people watch it or a million people watch it. You, you just have to create it because you not doing that interview, you not even giving it a try is like doing a disservice to the world. 1000%. And I think what is so important about what you're talking about is that the view count is not related to your worth as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, some of these interviews get a hundred views or 
500, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like, that's not what it's about. The fact that it's just out there. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we get so attached to it because that's what our society is rewarding. Mm-hmm. But what are you rewarding? Who are you as a human being? Recently, like how have I been? So it's been this thing um, that, I, and I'm sure you know this phrase now by now, uh, but like building your world. And like that is what re- rewards me now is like, this video, I don't care if it's got 10 views, I don't care if it's got a million views, it, it's now a part of my archive of, of who I am as a human. And and that is and that is the rewarding thing is that now and, and that's with everything in life, right? This watch, the clothes that I'm wearing, the shoes that I'm wearing, like all of that like building my world is I think what fulfills me and like honestly the only thing I can think about if I because if I try to think about the views if I try to control anything outside of that you just become like a ball of stress like I don't know 1000% and it it highlights such an important point which is yeah. you can get a lot of people to look at something but what, are you getting a lot of people to resonate with something yeah, yeah. and building your world is getting people to resonate with mm-hmm. you as a human being where did the idea for building your world stem from and what do you do consciously to build your world? It came from like, it came from all my friends and, and seeing them decorate their rooms and kind of also falling in love at the time, weirdly enough, with Tyler, the creator, uh, and how much seeing someone like that. And I think he's like, I really think that him and like Pharrell, they're on like the cutting edge of art of art not only being like I'm a musician, I'm a podcaster, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, but of literally everything that you do. And it might sound like super pretentious, but it's like now now art can be can be a way of life, you know, and and um and what I mean by that is oh man, this is hard to explain, but um when you see Tyler the creator, right? Yes, you think of a musician, but also he's an entrepreneur. He owns two clothing. He's a fashion designer. He directs commercials. Like he, I think that, I don't know if it was the generation before us or whatever, but we became so obsessed with like labels that um, a filmmaker is is all I all I ever was, you know, or like a, like, you know, you were labeled as like a banker or whatever. And now it's like, nah, like, I don't want to be Ryan the YouTuber anymore. Like, I I want to. Max and I always talk about. Oh, you're gonna do the interview with Max later, but like, um, we always talk about like, one day we'll design furniture, and we're gonna design clothing, and we're running. We're gonna we run this events business, and we're gonna be a filmmaker. You know, uh, and I think that is like, I guess we just use building your world as an and analogy for all of that you know um decorating your room what clothes do you wear what do you want to do you know who's danny or who's ryan you know because you're not just podcaster that's right yeah speaking about the the ways in which you decorate your room yeah dude i've got i pulled out like maybe like a half a second snippet from one of your one of your videos where You've got the following on your wall, and we'll flash it on the screen here so people can see. You've got the following statements. Just create, think small to accomplish big things, be inspired, good art, 
is a machine for empathy. Fell in love with building. Keep it simple. You got love yourself. Like you got so, I don't know if you wrote these yourself. Yeah, I wrote them myself. And you have it on like note cards. Like you flashed that for a second, dude. And I was, I was quick to snap that out. Oh, that's sick, dude. Those, that was like my room two years ago, which is nuts. Um, I actually have those index cards in a little like box now because I wanted to decorate my room in a different way. But yeah, during college and stuff like that, that's how I decorate my room. Like just little inspirational quotes, um, little post-it notes and stuff like that, just to remind myself of like, of, of how to move forward and carry myself. How this seems like it's been a a key piece of your journey is like putting up posters or putting up things in your room that manifest where you want to be yeah yeah how did you get the idea to do that and what is your process for creating a reality from your head to dude I, i don't know now by the way i watched one of your podcasts i think it was with amory where you or no i saw your instagram story where you said I want a million downloads, a million downloads. I started doing that, by the way, for myself. Like, I am this, I am this. And I don't, I don't, I can't explain it. But at this point in my life, I'm like, I I am going to direct a feature film one day. And I just kind of trust it at this point. I don't know if it's a, I can't explain it. I feel like you might be able to explain it a little better because I hear stories about, you know, you getting some of these podcast hosts that, and then you, or you talking about wanting these podcast hosts and he just appears, uh, on the street all of a sudden. Um, dude, I'll tell you a story that happened in the last week. I know about the story, but you got to tell it. What do you mean you know about the story? Cause Mr. Mr. Danny Desnick told me about it, but. Oh my God. Danny Desatnik. Shout out. Oh, to is it, is Desatnik or Desnick? I think it's Desatnik, but okay. he'll have to, he'll have to okay. talk and okay. confirm it. But dude. So I'm talking to Danny yeah. and, and we're outside a coffee shop and we're talking to this guy, Charlie Rocket and his manager that we're talking to his manager and we're all, all standing around talking. The dude, Charlie Rocket just appears out of Yo. nowhere. Yeah. And then we start talking to him and you know, he'll, he'll be coming on the podcast sometime in 2023, hopefully God willing. But it was just like, Charlie, like Danny was shocked that his, Charlie's manager was shocked. And I was just like, this is, this is life. This is life. This is what happens. Yeah. That I, I've been carrying myself with that mindset a lot more now, um, in terms of manifestation and stuff like that, I'll write something in my journal and I'll, it, I don't know if it's naive or anything. I just know it'll happen. Um, and I used to not be like that. I mean, even reading those, the stuff before I was downing myself a lot with like Colin and Samir and all of that stuff, but only very recently I'm like, damn, if I'm a, if I'm putting out good stuff in the world and if I'm just trying to be a change the world in in a positive way, like some sort of, I don't, and I don't even really believe in God, but some sort of higher power is on my side and, and wants me to win. And I, that, that, I guess that's how I've been carrying myself in terms of like, oh, like putting stuff on my wall or, or writing stuff in my journal or putting those index cards up on my wall. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's funny you say you don't believe in God because in January, 2021, you had this quote. It took me, that's why it took me such a long time to get to where I'm at. Because for a long time, I wanted to do YouTube for personal gain. I think if you want to do something great though, if you want to do something amazing with your life, 
you have to some, you have to have some sort of purpose that is greater than just yourself and something that hits on a spiritual level. That was yeah. January 2021. I don't even remember that. What, what video was that from? <laughs> Dang, bro. You're pulling up shit. Dang. Um, but yeah, I, I've been I've been realizing this stuff with Creator Camp too. It's a tall order to bring. Like, for, what is Creator? Should Camp? I explain Creator Camp, please? It's an event that I run with four of my uh, best friends, and uh, the goal was to build a more ho holistic experience in the creator economy and the creator industry. Because right now, the two biggest uh, events are VidSummit and VidCon, and great million subscribers. You'll learn how to get a million subscribers in two months using shorts. That's all amazing. How to make more money. But once you have that, like now what? And we realized that there was a lot of that missing in the creator industry. So um, bringing nonprofits to talk, like bringing creators to just like do weird games and to get to know each other. And it's very wholesome vibes. Like I think we need that in the creator industry. It seems like we're very much in a bubble uh, and expanding outside of that. Like you're a creator, but would you consider like it, it's like I'm not a filmmaker. A Mr. Beast wouldn't consider you to be a part of the creator industry, right? Maybe. Well, I don't like, know if that's true. Like it's just like when we th when you think, we think of the of creator industry, it's a very specific type of person. Yes. It's a very specific thing. But the word creator is so broad. Exactly. It's like saying American or yeah. someone from Roslyn, even someone yeah. from a specific town. There's so many variations of that. And when we use words to describe things, we're doing the best we can with the language we have, but yeah. it's not an accurate term. Creator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm saying like VidCon and VidSummit doesn't serve like the broader artistic creator industry. I see. And uh, what we're trying to do is build like a more holistic experience and, and see how we can actually use our followings for social impact and and really pushing the idea of like meaningful content on on the internet and stuff like that. Um, but that's creator camp. But going back to what we were talking about with um, with spirituality, spirituality and, and how exactly, the, right. the world has kind of unfolded. For so you. it's like a tall order, like. We went, we were going from 35 creators in our last event to now we want to bring 65 to 70. So we're doubling the amount of people that are coming. And um, we, ha we had very ambitious goals with this event. You know, we're renting out the largest log cabin in America. We're like doing all of these things, all with like the intention of everything I said. Holistic experience, pushing the idea of more meaningful content on the internet and, and bringing artists that maybe don't necessarily have the support of brands and and traditional creator economy companies like giving them a, a backbone and, and a support system um and we realized like we made a fuck ton of mistakes we'd like we'd want to like to bring out like the the most like you know people with 10 million subscribers and stuff like that but it's like something some sort of higher power is like no 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 like you should dial it back like but, and we're rooting for you, but like, you sh like, I don't know. It's like the, the way that we described it was like, it was like pruning season. Like, um, when you have to like cut the roses so that they'll grow back more beautiful. Um, something out there was like telling us that you're like, you're being a bit too ambitious right now. If you take on too much, you're going to fail. So I'm going to just cut this off for you 
and I, 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 I don't feel like I'm not explaining this well, but like you are something was kind of like, um, pushing, like pushing us forward, but also like cutting back. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. What, what was it? Like what, when you say that, what happened that allowed you to have that realization? The realization that the realization that something was telling you that you needed it was just like a bunch of coincidences it was just like there's no way like okay like this person cut back this person cut back and it made our lives so much easier and then like other opportunities started coming our way that we knew that we could actually handle for this event you know yeah and um in that sense i guess it felt like some, something was on our side you know how did going to montana change your life it was like the first time we had like i felt like i really had a sense of community that where people really understood me um it was also a very very humbling experience being around a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds that ran six-figure businesses how old were you at the time i was 20 21 i think it was 21 and it was like holy crap like i am i like i am not the center of the world you know like coming out of like the, the insecurity stuff and of like high school and discovering filmmaking I'm like filmmaking is my fucking thing i went to college and i was like i'm gonna be the best here no one can fuck with me and i i, I guess i carried myself with like a lot of anger in that sense and a lot of and that's what motivated me um and yeah, sure. Like people knew me as the filmmaking guy or the guy that made really great films. But that, honestly, that's not the point of art and stuff like that. And and once I started transitioning and dropped out of college, because I'm like, this is not for me. Like the people here like are not motivated enough or whatever. But also that was like a wrong way of thinking because people go to college for, for, for different reasons. Um, and meeting these people in Montana that are 17, 18 years old, and I'm like nowhere financially close to them or like as successful as they are. If you want to talk about like uh, numeric, like numbers and like all that stuff. Yeah. Like it was a very humbling experience in that sense too. And, and it forced me to reapproach how I moved forward, um, with my career, um, not with anger and forcing things and, and all that stuff, but more with like, how do I move forward with love and how do I move forward with uh, less ego, you know? It's so interesting how community and bringing people together who were similar to you made the realization was that, oh, I need to operate with more love. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think there could have been any other way. Um, I think if I continue to operate with anger and my, my insecurities would have just shined through and people would not have wanted to work with me uh, so it was yeah it was a lot of realizations in that sense it's funny because when you're fearful often about like what other people will think about you in certain scenarios it's because your ego is so high yeah yeah that's a weird thing yeah to, yeah, to yeah. think about and it's like often we think the center of our, our world is like all right i'm meeting with colin and samir and if they don't like me like this is going to end me but it's like you're in one way operating operating with insecurity but another with ego mm -hmm. and it's like it's cool and i what i admire about you so much is how transparent you are with all of those feelings with all of those emotions and 
sharing them with the world. That's a hard thing to I do. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we need more of that. Like, um, you know, what's funny is like the, the, one of our earliest discussions when we had gone to Montana is like our generation is like statistically just less religious and we're getting bombarded with all of these things um, because of the internet. Like we know more than I guess, I think any other generation about what's going on in the world because we just have these computers in our pockets. Um, and I, I don't know if you've watched everything everywhere all at once, but that, that like nihilistic mindset, I think is what a lot of our generation has sort of taken on. Um, and it's like, where are you going to go for, since you're not going to, you know, you're not religious or anything, where are you going to go to find the deeper questions in life, your, your purpose and your why? And I think that there needs to be more of this type of content and what my friends are making, um, not to act as like a replacement for religion and stuff like that, or, 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 but as like a little bit of a push, you know, or a little bit of guidance in a world where it feels like everything's kind of fucked. A push towards what exactly? Understanding who you are, uh, working through your own insecurities and like, uh, why you're here, you know, like, like what your purpose is in this world and stuff like that. And, and not that like our videos are, is like a answer to all of that, but it can help guide you towards the right direction. You know, um, I think that's what art does in general. Absolutely. And it's crazy because we got here, but we don't know why we're here. Yeah. We don't know like how we got to this point. We don't know why we were born. If there is a reason at all, we just know that we're operating in this this body and mind yeah. and that's all we know and for a long time people had religion as a way to understand that all right i'm here for this reason and this is what's going to happen after yeah but now we don't have that because we've said religion is no good and we we have all the, the brand the branding is off the religion right now yeah and that's what i think i think that's what kanye was trying to do was he was trying to make religion cool in a way yeah yeah um and again, going back to what you said about like art is a machine of empathy for empathy. Like, um, I think that, yeah, I, it's interesting. I think now that we've gotten to a, a point where I, you, you and I don't have to leave this fucking room anymore. Like I could door dash, we could like, we could door dash. You could play video games with your friends here. You could hang out. Um, but because everything is so accessible now and I can call a friend from across the world in two seconds using FaceTime. Now, I think the most important thing is being able to understand that person from across the world, right? Because, because we grew up with different cultures, with different values and different beliefs. And let's just say on the internet, one, like I get into an argument with some guy from, from China or something. Imagine if a million people get into this, that argument, that that's where war comes from. And that, and what if we had like art as a way for me to understand that, what that person is going through. And I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not because you hate me. It's not because you're trying to attack me. It's because you have your own beliefs and, and you have your own way of thinking. And I understood that because I watched this piece of art and, and I actually empathize with you now. Uh, and I think that's why it's so important to 
to make these films and, and to push uh, art, uh, you know, on the internet, especially. How do we get better at creating art? I think that, I think it's like, we need to democratize it. Um, and that's by like using the platforms that our generation loves the most, which is YouTube, TikTok. Using those platforms um, to, using those platforms to um, encourage millions of artists to create. Because right now the narrative is like, oh, you, you can't, like not everyone can be an artist and create things. And, and like, it's not practical to be an artist. But I think with YouTube and TikTok, we, we can really encourage everyone to kind of tell their stories, even if it's not your job. I think, I think I was talking to a friend earlier, like there's, there will be a rise of like casual artists. You'll have your nine to five, but also you'll, you'll tell your perspective from your world. And I think, I think as, as the human race, that's how we can get better at art is just democratizing it. It is. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. And well, and it is already being democratized, but I think yeah. the push from people like you, from people like me of like, right. Creation is, and sharing your perspective is perhaps the most important thing yeah. that one yeah, can yeah. do because it can help us understand each other at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, look at what podcasting has done. It's essentially like, um, democratized, like the late night show and stuff like that. And, or like conversations, you know? And I think right now we have the technology It's about, right now. It's just all about breaking down the barriers of like the walls in our minds of like, no, I have to tell my story. I have to go through Hollywood and I have to pitch it to producers and stuff like that to tell my story. No, you don't like you can, you can shoot it on your iPhone and like, and push it out there. You know, I'd rather do that than have it sit in a box for the rest of my life, you know? Yes. And that's why your friend, it's so important for them to put it out, whatever exactly. they're thinking it's about for create fearlessly type thing. Yeah. Create fearlessly. Yeah. That that's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> I love that. So Colin and Samir have created fearlessly for a decade and you spoke about them being an important part of your journey. And we spoke Huge, to them yeah. previously, like what role have they played? And how have they helped you create fearless, fearlessly? I, I think this is like the importance of like mentorship and stuff like that. Um, it's funny because at, at the time that I met them, my channel was like in an all time low. And um, I think that they understood it so much because they were struggling for 10 years. And I don't know if you were subscribed to them. Um, I don't know if you were subscribed to them before they, they are Colin and Samira right now, but like, I remember they were stuck at like 150,000 subscribers for several years. And I remember watching them and going like, if there's anyone, if I'm starting this YouTube journey, if there's anyone that I want to be, please do not let it be Colin and Samir, please. Cause they were such talented creators and such talented storytellers that were getting zero recognition. And I felt like everything was like working against them. They upload a fire piece of content, 20,000 views. And that's not gonna, that, that's not gonna be sustainable for two grown men, you know, almost in their thirties. Um, and seeing them break out of that shell and kind of prove me wrong, uh, was really inspiring and, and, and meeting them. I think they knew exactly what I was going through when I was getting like 7,000 views and everything. And they've invited me to a, a bunch of events and, um, 
they let me write on the published press. And I think that also like having been with them, like molded my channel in a lot of ways. Cause now my channel is like trying to build a, a resource for creators similar to Colin and Samir, but like in the more artistic sense. So the way that I explain my channel is like building a library of resources for the next generation of artists and creators and, and, and helping them out more in the emotional side. And I think a lot of it honestly had to do with their advice that they gave me. Um, and in some ways it's like, uh, opposite of Colin and Samir now, cause I'm making videos about the artistic side of the creator economy and they're much more on the business side. You know what the funniest thing is, is that when I was, um, at an event with them, like Colin literally was like, you are like the opposite or you're like the anti-Colin and Samir <laughs> or you're like the opposite of us. And, um, it's funny cause I, I didn't believe it at that time, but as my channel is molded, it, it has in some ways become that, which is kind of funny. It's funny because you admire, or you looked up to them at so much at one point of your journey, but like have almost become the opposite and, and how the opposite of something doesn't necessarily mean you hate them. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, it's just filling something that they aren't, they aren't filling in the creator industry, yeah. you know? Um, so that's been really interesting. Going back to the manifestation piece. Yeah. What, how do you manifest? How do you, how do you do it? I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't fucking, I, I, it, I truthfully, it's just like, now I, like, I know that I want something. And then like, it, it, obviously it's a like common sense. Like, it's not like I fucking want a private jet and if it appears, you know, in my room or something like that, but it's like, it's just trust now. I, I don't do anything to like manifest, I guess. Like, I guess the building the world is my manifestation. I get, you know, um, putting posters up in my room, wearing a nice watch, feeling good with my hair and stuff like that. That's how I like kind of um, continue to build my sense of self and like manifest all the things that I want to do. Um, yeah, I don't, but I don't really do anything anymore because I used to like, I used to have those index cards and I used to remember, I remember in college what I would do in the mornings, I'd wake up at 5 a.m. and I'd stare at the mirror. I'm like, you're the shit. You're a good looking guy. You're like, you know, you're like, uh, you're the best filmmaker. I, I don't do that stuff anymore. I don't know. Uh, how, how do you, how do you do that? How do you? Yeah. So I, I think that's so cool that you like did that at one point and like served you and then you don't use it anymore. It's a, it, it got exhausting. Yeah. But I wonder if like that helped create the version of you that you're currently living in some way. Like even if you're not, yeah. you're not using it in this moment. I guess now my manifestation because when I think of manifestation, I just think of that, like stuff that I used to do, but now it's very much like the world building stuff, you know, um, the shoes that I wear and stuff like that. Yeah. No, ever since you talked to Anne-Marie and had that conversation, I've been yeah. much more intentional about what I'm doing and how it's appearing to other people, which I think actually can be a negative thing in a sense, because sure. you can take it too far in like... I'm only going to do things that appear a certain way, but I've been much more tapped into what am I doing? How am I presenting myself? And how is that? How are other people perceiving it? So for that, I'm, I'm really grateful for you. But to answer your question about manifestation, every day I write out the thing that I want to accomplish 30 times mm -hmm. and, and sit in it. And ideally I do it 
right before or right after meditation of 20 minutes. So I'm just sitting there 20 minutes, letting the, the time go, sitting there. And then after that's over, I'll write out 30 times the thing that I want to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. It's been it's been remarkable how I will do actions that are in alignment with that person. Yeah. You you kind of like fucked with my mind with like a podcast that I listened to where you were like me picking up a water bottle and and setting it down is manifestation. Yes. So why can't me like getting a million downloads on on a podcast be manifestation? I'm like that makes a lot of sense. Because that makes so much sense. We are constantly doing things that are bringing from our brain into reality. We're also, we're, I'm touching this microphone. Well, guess what? In order for me to do that, I needed to first actually think about it for one split second yeah, yeah, yeah. in order to do that. And so, and when you realize that your voice and what you say is the most important manifestation of all, mm-hmm. it really hits home why I'm looking to musicians like Russ or Mike Posner yeah. and, and really understanding them at a deep level because they use their voice to transform the world, their world. Yeah. And you are doing that in your own way through film. And fi- one part of film is using your voice to tell a story. Yeah. We were saying, we're, like, our words are so fucking powerful right now. Yes. Like, I'm really trying to find a way to answer your question of, like, how do I how do I manifest? Because I, I don't think the poster stuff, like, really is that for me. Like, at, at this point... In our Montana trip, we talked about like we sh- we need to build physical spaces. We need to we need to bring together like all these amazing creators, and it manifested in Creator Camp, right? And pushing forward like advertising, like advertising can can look s- can be actually artistic, and 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 wire integrations like this. And this is a conversation we had in in uh, at the Montana house, and like. Now we it's manifested in this business that we have between, you know, um, the four of us. And like, it's just like the speaking it, saying it out loud at this point, I'm like, okay, that's going to happen now. Like we want to build physical spaces. Okay. That's going to happen now. I'm going to get like, or like, I'm going to get a million subscribers. Like it, it'll, I think it'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. You know, say it with your chest, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like seriously, like. You know what's so cool to me is seeing your your confidence rise. I'm watching yeah. these videos from you 2018, 2019. There's a, a different you that's presenting for sure right now. And there's yeah. more confidence in what you're saying is actually real. And it is so cool to see the evolution of a person because mm-hmm. you could feel it. Like if you're in touch, I, I feel the difference in your confidence. Yeah. And that, that. that is fucking amazing like i'm so proud of whatever journey you've done thank you, you think man. That, i appreciate it what do you think has contributed most to that rise of knowing yourself and that confidence community like 100 percent community like being around people that like that carry themselves so so confidently it, it almost forces you to, to do the same thing i had a lot more insecurities that i didn't really talk about and like for example like having more of like an abundant mindset and less of a scarcity mindset. I, bro, I wouldn't even swipe my card to like get into the train in New York City, which was like $2.75. I'm like, that's too expensive. I could walk there. Um, and and now seeing my friends like, and not that this is uh, something that like people should go out and just like buy Air Force Ones or like Jordans, but seeing people like buy a $300 airplane ticket because like... I, it's just money. I'll make it back. 
that would give me confidence of like, yeah, oh yeah, like whatever we're doing, I'm very confident that the money will come. I'll pay $300 to go to Austin. Like, no, like why am I limiting myself? So those little lessons, you just start picking up when you have like five to 10, like people that are, that are trying to push towards the same thing. Um, or similar thing or just are just purpose driven yeah it's just community changed everything for me i think talk to me about austin austin that's that's where all of us want to be man i actually got a funny story about austin because this is this is what i envision austin being for our generation and for for us specifically as artists and creators um so paris in the 20s uh where Fitzgerald and Picasso and all these artists were literally in this like kind of one block. And I'm like that, that like I fantasize about that so much. And then like think of what I would was obsessed with when I learned this in film school in the 1970s, like the Hollywood uh, movie brats, Spielberg, Scorsese, they were all best friends and they kind of all lived in a very like they've all lived very close to each other or would fly to each other all the time. And like George Lucas would walk into Steven Spielberg's home and he's like, Hey, I have this tape of like archival footage from world war two. I just kind of cut it together. I'm thinking about making this thing called star Wars. What, what do you think? And they would sit down and they would fucking like analyze it. And Spielberg would give some advice on star Wars and George Lucas would give some advice on jaws. And it's fucking crazy. Cause it's a small community. And everyone's kind of made it. And I'm like, we need a space like that. And for two years oh, that I've been friends with p- the people in my community, we wanted to find that space, but we just never knew where. Is, is it going to be in uh, Europe? Is it going to be in New York City? Is it going to be in LA? I don't know. And then I got flown out here for an event in Austin. And Van Neistat happened to be uh, here at the same event and I sat down with Van and asked him like were you nostalgic about your New York days you know having been a big fan of the Neistat brothers and and knowing that they've kind of built a little community there he's like yes you know why he says because all of us lived under one building he says it was me the Safdie brothers it was like me and Casey the Safdie brothers who directed Uncut Gems Greta Gerwig Lady Bird uh, Ariel Shulman, all these people, we all lived under one building under this one landlord. Her name was Diane Finks. And we all called it Diane, the Diane Finks School of Art. And what I didn't realize until later on about him telling me this, like all of them have made it. Some of them Oscar winning, some of them world-class YouTubers. They were a part of this film movement called, called the Mumblecore. So like they're literally written into film textbook history now and and having spoken to this guy who's literally he will be in film textbooks you know um telling me that there is this community there was this community in the early 2000s called and and the movement was called mumblecore like i was like damn this is gonna happen now with uh what we're trying to build and and coincidentally we were in austin seeing the skyscrapers being built seeing the quirkiness of austin I'm like this is the perfect like developing city for artists to come in and feed off of each other and like 
and like build this new movement, you know? Um, and everything that we talked about in terms of like the democratization of storytelling, pushing art forward in that sense. And like, um, I think all of that can be here uh, in the YouTube new wave and creator camp. Um, why can't Austin be the headquarters for all of that stuff, you know? Wow. So cool hearing you talk about it from a filmmaking yeah. perspective, because I've known, and obviously I'm deep in the podcasting world and it's right. part of the reason yeah. why I'm here. Cause people like Rogan, Ferris, Chris Williamson, mm. Lex, all coming to Austin. I talked to a friend recently who's a comedian and he's like, dude, the comedy scene in Austin, insane. I have a bunch of friends who are writers, writing scene, insane. And now you're talking about the filmmaking scene in Austin being the place where it's yeah. going to happen is remarkable to me. Yeah, it's exciting. The filmmaking and YouTube scene, like, yeah. It, it, I I hope that this is the, par this is the our version of the Paris in the twenties or our version of like, you know, Hollywood in the seventies. It is for me as a yeah. podcaster, and it highlights something that Stephen Pressfield talks about all the time, which is put your ass where your heart wants to be. Yeah. And he means that from a micro sense of like, if you're a writer, put your ass in the chair, like actually write. Mm -hmm. But he also means that in the macro sense of if you want to be a filmmaker, go to where the filmmakers are or where the creative yeah. people are. Yeah. If you want to be a writer, go to where the writers are. If you want to be a podcaster, go to a, et cetera, et cetera. Because it matters. The amount of random, quote unquote, random run-ins I've had over the past two months with other podcasters or other people who are creative or other people I want on the podcast. It has been insane for my own personal growth, for yeah. the podcast growth, and for life. And I'm just like, thank you, God, for putting me here in this place at this time. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of also like the proof of like the tech companies can't do everything. Like physical spaces are still like super, super important. Um, and this is like being here is like all a reminder of that, you know? Yeah. Could you talk a little bit more about this? Because there is such a push for technology to rule the world and technology has been such a force for good for so much of, of yeah life. but it's not a perfect replacement for everything I, I had this conversation like before like let me I'm, I'm trying to think of how to frame this um covid was like proof that like technically you could live in your room for the rest of your life technically you can um you don't really have to leave your house but why for some reason on, on fridays after covid restrictions were lifted is everyone like out in new york city you know why are i thought movies i thought movie theaters were supposed to be dead by now you know why why are they still thriving or like why are they why are people still going you know and um, I feel like there's like a another sense of like what what are like the five things that we need to sort of like shelter, food, um, love. I'm just going. No, no, no. Like a no, no. It was there was like a I don't know. It's like the five uh, whatever you need to survive. But like what I what I'm realizing is like maybe tech companies have had forgotten one thing, which is like community and, and yes, like love and all that stuff. Um, because tech companies have figured out everything else besides that well it's really hard to recreate love through technology yeah a like button is not love mm -hmm. that's a bar oh yeah <laughs> no but but seriously it's like you do feel 
love when, all right, you know, Ryan, Ryan likes my post on Twitter. Like I feel something, but it's not, I don't feel the connection of you telling me like, yo dude, like this podcast or this thing that you said in this podcast that really impacted me. Yeah. It, yeah. it hits different. Or like even like, like conversations like this hit different than probably over a zoom call. 1000%. Yeah. Because we're here, we could feel each other's energy. I could feel your confidence. I could feel the way you're carrying yourself. There's so much more than what's going on with just the screen of your face and the yeah. top half of your face with a Zoom call. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's that's a remarkable thing. And I, I just want to push people to have more in-person conversations, more connections. And you, to me, represent that so strongly because of what you're building. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, we, we're always talking about like NFTs and like almost like the decent, like fucking you know becoming more like separated with like the metaverse and everything but i i feel like there will be a whole industry resurgence of like physical spaces i think it's gonna be cool to like hang out with your friends in the mall again you know like i don't think that's something that young people do anymore but like <laughs> i think it'd be, i don't know but i think it's been cool to do that stuff again you know it's gonna be like i don't know i think that our generation it I, I, at least like I, we there's so many conversations of building social spaces I just had this conversation I just remember I had this conversation with a friend yesterday about um, third spaces do you know about this? my buddy Zach Pograb told okay. me about them third spaces America is like not that good with third spaces right so basically what if, I'm trying to explain this because I just learned this yesterday a third space is like something it's like a communal space and the barrier to entry shouldn't be high super high right so like let's just say um in in paris it's like coffee shops or something like that and in a coffee shop um you might run into your neighbor and you didn't expect to run into your neighbor but you, you ran into your neighbor and you have a conversation and 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 you kind of wait, not waste two hours, but you kind of spend two hours talking to your, to your uh, neighbor and you didn't expect to have that connection. Right. Or like, um, there's not a lot in America, but like bodegas, right. In New York city where bodegas are cheap. Like you only need to bring $2 to get something, but a couple of little kids might go and buy a chocolate bar and run into an older fellow in in the community that and maybe they run into each other a lot in the bodega and they build a relationship from that space and then this older individual from the community now becomes a mentor to these little kids and what my friend was saying is like there aren't a lot of third spaces in in america and the third spaces that are around are super expensive right we work hella expensive um even coffee shops like in la and stuff like that they're like 20 dollars coffee <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating but like it's expensive and also like now everyone's working in coffee shops so there isn't that sense of community it, it's much more like uh pushing towards your own goals and stuff like that but uh i think there will be like a resurgence or someone in our generation is going to figure out how to uh create cheap third spaces for people to like congregate and like build relationships and stuff like that well just to be clear for people who have never heard of the term the first space would be like your home the second space would be work 
And the third space is like something that's not either of those two that allows for a connection. Right. So you're so right. And in a sense, I feel like creator camp is a third space for a select group of people. Yeah. How do yeah. you then make that into something that anyone could go to? Yeah. I mean, that's honestly genuine. Like that's the goal is to like eventually like build a campus so cool. um, that like anyone can come to. And the, the thing with creator camp is like, it's free. It, it besides your ticket to go to the event, you don't pay for anything else. And, and we intend to keep it that way um, for, for forever. Right. Um, and like, how can, how can we do that at a mass scale? I, I don't know. How can we do that in America in a mass scale? I'm not sure. Like, but I have like, I do have the confidence that, that we'll figure it out or someone in there. That's the manifestation shit. Like, I'm just going to say it. Someone's going to figure it out in our generation. Well, I want to ask because I'm so excited to attend creator camp. Yeah. How do I, okay. So I have a couple of questions based on, for sure. It's like one, how do I create the best experience for myself and for other people at creator camp? Oh man, that's a good question. This is probably the best way to describe it, but, and this might get a, you a better feel of what creator camp is, but like, um, don't like snub the startups and, uh, and don't fanboy the big timers, right? Make everything feel like a handwritten note. And then the other thing is, is no handshakes, only hugs, only hugs. And like, I think that's a good thing, like encapsulation of what, what camp is. Um, we bring creators that have 10 million subscribers and creators that have a thousand subscribers or, or just want to create, but haven't even started yet but we know have an amazing potential um, and making sure that everyone feels like they're valued and they're, they're super important. Um, not just chasing the big timers uh, and, and just, yeah, that that's the best way to approach it. And, and it's something, it's one of those things where you just got to see it, you know, which is like such a terrible way of describing it. But well, it's also in its second iteration or third, if you count the Montana trip. Yeah. So it's like, it's new and it's, and it's yeah. an idea in your head that has kind of come to life in some sense, mm -hmm. but it hasn't manifested itself fully. Right. And that's, exciting. I, I don't know. I don't know. Also yeah. like, I love those three rules though, or those yeah, three yeah, yeah, yeah. suggestions. Yeah. I mean, like the thing is like, I don't know where this, all this stuff is headed. It's just like, um, you're all figuring it out along with us. You know, you're all, you guys are all figuring it out along with us. So, um, that's the other thing is like, what I'm realizing as like one of the co-founders is like, I can't, I, I can't hold the weight of the whole community and I, I shouldn't hold the weight of the whole community, you know? Um, but yeah, just going in with love going in. Uh, I've, I think that's beautiful. And then my second question around this was, mm -hmm. let's say somebody's listening to this and they want to bring together people in their own lives to create better experiences. What recommendations do you have for them to create a community or a dinner or a space for other people to thrive? The way that we explained it was like, and this, maybe this doesn't answer the question for like, you know, I don't know, like school teachers or whatever, but like, if you are openly putting good out into the world, 
you just have to trust that the good is also going to come back to you. Givers get more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that maybe that's not a solid piece of advice of like, you should cold email five people a day and figure that out, which also may, might be a thing that you would want to do, right? You, you just DM people that really inspire you. Um, but on a, like a more, I guess, like abstract level or like a more like, yeah, like a more abstract level. If you're putting out good in the world, if, if you're moving forward with purpose, it's going to come back to you 100%. And, and also you're, you're going to become more of a sniper of like, who is your type of person and who isn't, and you know who to pursue now, you know? Um, so that, that would be my advice is just to put, keep putting out good in the world and, 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 and don't be afraid to, again, like create fearlessly, just keep putting stuff out. You know, whatever that is, whatever that is, you know, what is a sniper? This is again, this is from Tyler, the creator. <laughs> He's like, he was like, as you continue to grow into yourself, as you continue to dress the way that you like to dress, decorate your room that you like to decorate it in and taking on the jobs that you like to take on and stuff like that, you understand where, where you belong or like, again, that might be harmful as well. Cause like, then you might be boxing yourself in. But, um, for me so far, it's been very helpful in, in understanding like where I kind of belong, who, what I should be doing, like how far I should be pushing myself. Like, um, or like me working with like Coca-Cola makes less sense than me working with Polaroid types thing, you know? Mm-hmm figuring out who you are. Yeah. Becoming yeah. a sniper is really about understanding yourself. Yeah. And yeah. and then figuring out where exactly you're going to put your pieces on the board yeah. from understanding yourself. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, Ryan, this has been a tremendous amount of fun. I'm super grateful for it. Thank you, man. I like yeah. to end these podcasts with challenges for people. Let's do it. A challenge points to the place you believe everything we've spoken about, people should take some action and do something with the next step of their day. Does a challenge come to mind from everything we've spoken about or something we haven't? If you're a creator or, or whatever it is that you're doing, uh, and if you have something passionate to say, and and if that thing you think is not going to get enough views or is, you should just, you should do it. Like, and, and purposely, I wouldn't say sabotage, but purposely create something that, you know, wouldn't get more enough views or you wouldn't like, yeah, I don't know if I'm making any sense there. So I want to, I want to, you can articulate, I want to articulate that. Like actually do some, put yourself out there in a way that might actually not get the most views. Or would scare you. Or would, you know? yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Because if you, if you've never recorded a video of yourself and you're like, oh, no one's going to like this. No one cares about what I have to say. And then you do it. You'll realize that there's no actually, actually anything to fear there. For sure. Yeah. 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 Ryan, this has been a tremendous amount of fun. I'm really awesome. grateful for, for you. Where can we send people to connect with you further? Ryan NG Films on Ng. YouTube. Is it pronounced Ng? It's pronounced Ng. Yeah. Ng. That's great. Thank you for, uh, gotcha. yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, so many people butcher that. So that's linked below. Um, really big fan of your channel and everything Thank you, you're creating. Appreciate you. And you are putting love and care and kindness and work, like actual work. You see the work that you put in very subtly. Like you're putting all that into the world without you. Without explicitly saying that, and because of that, I'm so grateful for you joining me here. I appreciate you, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. First of many.